that's just what the Hebrews thought. Uh, now what's that supposed to be coming out of there? Lightning. Fire. Power of God or something. You're going to understand Hitler's interest in this. Oh, yes. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste of entire regions. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. Why does the floor move? Give me your torch. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. Hi, people. The year was 1981. And it was the summer of 1981. I was in this, I was in, I was living in Rosemount, Minnesota. And we had one local theater. It was called the Burnsville One Theater. It was located in a shopping mall. Um, I was always amazed how big those theaters actually are, considering how small the building looked. <laughs> it was like something from, hey, I'll do a reference for you there, Trevor, from well, Doctor Who's TARDIS. Right? A <laughs> lot, lot, lot bigger inside than it looks on the outside. I, I like that you're now doing the Doctor Who references and not me. Thanks. Uh, that, that's it. Whenever we talk about it again. <laughs> and me and my brothers, it was Dollar Tuesdays. Jesus. Remember... Uh, Unreal, unreal how times have changed. Yeah. And the line went all the way past B. Dalton Books. Now, people don't know what B. Dalton Books is, but it was a bookstore in the, in the States. And that was just my reference to how far away that we were actually from the theater. Right. Yeah. Inside the mall. And we reached to B. Dalton. But we got in to see the premiere of Indiana Jones and well, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And when I saw it, I was glued. I mean, you couldn't take you couldn't take me out of that theater. It it was just an experience. Mm -hmm. And I on and I when I was and this is when I was I was ten or nine, whatever it was. And I always went to movies when I was a little kid, you know, Superman. And I saw the black hole and time after time. And I remember seeing all these films when I was a kid. But it was this film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that sucked me in and made me the fanboy I am today of probably film going to films itself and the you know the film yes. industry itself. Yes, and of course Harrison Ford, mm -hmm. and I remember everything about it. I saw it ten times, if not more, in the theater. Wow, wouldn't stop going. And uh, this, I mean, talking today, 2023, as we're about to talk the release of the last one coming out, it's bittersweet. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just amazes me that we're talking about it today. Yeah. And it's so fresh in my head, sitting in that theater in Burnsville with my brothers watching Raiders in 1981. And here we are now. 
just just it's just forty it's, odd years later talking us it, about it still. It's, it's incredible. It's an, it's this is an experience uh, uh, to mirror that experience, and this is such this is so fun for me to do this today. Brilliant. I have a confession to make. Um, I did not see this um, whenever it was originally released in the cinema uh, because I would only been about four years old at the time, so it was probably a bit too young. The first Indiana Jones film I saw in the cinema was Temple of Doom in 84. Uh, great experience, the old cinema in Belfast and stuff. However, I did um, then catch Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was either on TV or on video, I can't really remember. But for me, Temple of, um, Temple of Doom came first. Um, I'm sorry I missed it at the cinema, but I was like four years old, so, you know, it, <laughs> um, yeah. it just didn't happen. I then saw, um, whenever I was 12, 13, I would have been, let me just work on it, yeah, I would have been coming 13. I then saw, you know, um, The Last Crusade in the cinema as well, up in Port Rush here in Northern Ireland. Um, whenever I was on holiday, it was re- released at the same time. I was up with my parents and my sisters. Uh, but yeah, huge fan of the indie series, especially the original three. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, everyone knows who listens to this podcast. My favorite movie franchise of all time is the Indiana Jones. It would be up there with me. Uh, in fact, the, due to the route that Star Wars has taken, the modern Star Wars, I would say Indiana Jones is probably overtaking it now as being yeah. my favorite popcorny franchise. Just pure fun enjoyment film series. Yeah, Raiders of Lockstock has done a lot of things. Obviously, Box Office Gold, Harrison Ford, Certified Celebrity, Certified Star. Um, but, you know, it, it brought a lot of, of newcomers together. And before we jump, we'll we're going to jump in the podcast now here. Obviously, I already have jumped in the podcast. But before we talk Raiders, I want to talk about the, the cast and crew. And first and foremost, uh, Spielberg and Lucas. Mm-hmm. I don't have to reintroduce them. Enough said. The fu- there's a funny story. The whole thing was about Tom Selleck. Yes. Tom Selleck was originally the first choice to play um, Indiana, but he wasn't actually. The first choice was always Harrison Ford, and that's because of Spielberg. But it was Lucas who vetoed it, and ve- and Lucas didn't have didn't, wasn't wrong. He had a pretty good point. He says. I've worked with Harrison in the Star Wars franchise. I've worked with Harrison in American Graffiti. I don't want to be keep working with the same actors. We want to do something different per, for, with my films. And I kind of understood what he was saying. Um, but what happened was Tom Selleck's program, Magnum P.I., was filming in Hawaii. And so he could not take the part at the time. And therefore, Harrison Ford got it. As much as I, you know, quite like Tom Selleck, it wouldn't have been the same with him as Indy. It really would have been. I 100% agree, and this is nothing against Tom Selleck. Yes. I like Tom Selleck a lot. And you know what? The man has a pretty fucking good career. Oh, yeah. Um, Massive hit TV shows with Magnum and with the Jesse, I can't remember the name of the character. He was in Friends as well. Uh, he did Friends, but Massive Blue Bloods is going on his 12th year, I think, now. So he's still working today. And he did some fun um, adventure films in the 80s. Three Men and a Baby and, he's in as well, I think. He, yep. Um, but he did a couple of adventure films that were kind of fun. You guys should check out called uh, High Road to China. 
He did Lassiter. And then he did one called Quickly Down Under, which is quite fun and is very Indiana Jones-esque. And the bad guy in that is Alan Rickman. Yeah. Who was hot from Die Hard, and he plays kind of like that, you know, you know, villain. Pantomime villain. Pantomime villain. And so you should check that out if you haven't seen any of his Tom Selleck's works. Because obviously we know him mainly, mainly from TV. But check out those films if you kind of like Tom Selleck and see what he could have brought to the Indiana Jones role. Um, it would be kind of fun to compare. Of course, you know, in the resulting years after Raiders of the Lost Ark was released, there was a lot of imitations. And while some of them aren't bad and quite fun... Um, the original's the best. I say the oh, original, yeah. but of course it's based on, you know, the old sort of boys' own sort of stories and comic books and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, none of them, none of the, you know, like Romance in the Stone with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner and stuff. Even, you know, that recent one um, we watched on Chartered um, yeah. and reviewed just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, these would not hold a torch to the Indiana, especially the first three Indiana Jones films. Well, well, you know, when I'm not, when I, you know, I like adventure films. We talked about the Charted, so I won't go through that again. But I'll disagree with you on the Romance in the Stone. Um, no, you're right; it doesn't touch Raiders. But Romance in the Stone is a fucking good movie. I haven't seen it in years. Um, Michael Douglas, not Douglas. Where do you get Douglas from? That's a correct pronunciation, Karen. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're um, wrong. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, it's, it's, I don't know, colloquialism, I don't know, the way we pronounce things here in Belfast. And I know you're from Belfast, but, you know, you kept my drift. <laughs> Douglas. I'm, uh, funny. Okay. Um, yes. So, yeah, obviously we got Spielberg and Lucas on board. What was a great thing about this, there's faces that were kind of introduced to this one. And the big one, personally for me, as a movie buff, is a man called Frank Marshall. Yes. Now, Frank Marshall has been Spielberg's right-hand man, right-hand producer next to Kathleen Kennedy since since this film. This is his like third or fourth big outing, but it's his first Spielberg-produced film. And the great thing about Frank Marshall, he, his big break was actually The Warriors. So yeah. he's coming from The Warriors to this. It's like, fucking, that's a nice little track record. And he himself as well. Yeah, he went on to direct some fun movies, which I don't think, I'm surprised he doesn't direct more. He did like Alive, which was... Uh, Good, and then he did Arachnophobia, which was fun, and Congo, and he just he doesn't he, he does little stuff like that. But I'm surprised he never really really went back into the director's chair because his director's outing has done well for him. Hold on a minute, I'm getting a bit mixed up here. Did Frank Marshall not direct the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile? That was Frank Darabont. That's Frank Darabont. Sorry, sorry, yes, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, got you. Well, right up there with Michael Douglas. <laughs> this is uh, this is going off really well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, yes, I've got you now. Yeah. You have Loris Canston, who went on to be a big screenwriter and director, um, really known for, obviously, The Empire Strikes yes. Back. Um, he wrote this, and he wrote, and he also uh, wrote Empire, so he's a nice career for himself. And, of course, the Yoda of composers, John Williams. This, next to the Halloween theme, I, even over the Halloween theme, I have to say, Raiders of Lost Ark is my favorite, favorite, favorite soundtrack. I mean, re-watching it for the podcast, I still got goose pimples, you know, in the opening segment when Andy's being chased and he eventually makes his escape and the theme kicks in. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I have it in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a massive shout-out to a gentleman called Douglas um, Slocum. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Please forgive me. 
Cinematographer just passed away. He was 103 years old. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. But he's the one who shot all three indie films. Mm-hmm. The, I've seen this through the podcast eyes and the little kids' eyes. The the cinematography in this film is uncanny. It's beautiful. It is gorgeous. And the great thing about the Indiana Jones films, yeah, they have some soundstage sets. We clearly know that. But like the James Bonds, they take their team and they'll go to a location. If they're said it's in Cairo, they're taking you, you to Cairo. Beat me to it. Um, I was just thinking that while watching it through the podcast size, as you would say, and um, I said, you know what? This feels almost like an American James Bond because they're going to the different locations. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. And they, they don't cheat. Yep. So um, it's just oh, it's just wonderful. Okay. Harrison Ford is Indiana. Karen Allen is Marion. Oh, I want him to see him in more. I don't know why he didn't do more in the in the American biz, but Paul Freeman is Belloc. Yeah, he's brilliant. John, John Rhys Davies is Sala. Ronald Lacey steals the show. Tote. Yeah. Home Elliott uh, as Brody, as you mentioned. Uh, first time appearance, Alfred Molina as Tepito. Mm-hmm. Wolf Kohler as Dietrich. And you have your guys called Gobbler. Then you have Baranka. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much your cast. And then you got, you know, a couple of cameos here and there. Now, the film starts in 1936. A lot of people, the one thing about a lot of movies, series, franchises, they, they, they stay in order, chronological order. Indiana Jones has never done that. Yes. And matter of fact, Temple of Doom takes place, I believe, two years before this. It, it's years. definitely at least a, a year or two before. Okay. I, yeah. yeah. We'll discuss that soon. But yes, I know exactly. it's set before Raiders. You know, we're, we're about a minute into the film. We've already been introduced to a deaf voodoo curse that scares his team off. And he's already been betrayed by Baranka. Yeah. <laughs> and the introduction of Indy with the whip. Brilliant. And the gun. And he comes out of the shadows. And boom, there's his face. Yeah. Oh, when I was a kid, boom. He almost has, Harrison Ford almost has the same shot in a movie he did a couple years after called Witness. Yes, I remember when he's. Yeah, when he's coming into the train station and being introduced, he's coming through the doorway, through the shadows. And uh, it just, you know, it's just, ah, oh, just. Well, he's so perfect in the role because he has that sort of, you know, overall, because he has that sort of, you know, that sarky, sort of, you know, grumpy, cynical tone, you know, but he's still a hero, but he's like an almost, you know, relu- reluctant hero as well, you know. <laughs> he's like, you know, yeah. he's, he's always been like, yeah, he's always the guy who will, will have your back. But really doesn't want to have your back. Yeah, but he, can't be, he sort of really can't be arsed, but it's like almost, yeah, okay, well, he all might as well, you know. He's the guy who will help you up and he'll roll his eyes doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, this, way. not this shit again type thing. Yeah. Um, the cave sequence is is just unbelievably so much fun. Yeah. And the great thing about it, like I just sec- I mentioned a second ago, that we were just in South America, and now we're in this obviously set Mm-hmm. But it, it just looks so playful. Oh, yeah. Like, you want to spend the day in there, you know, without the spiders and stuff. Well, I but mean, the spiders are kind of cool as well. And I'm not even a fan of spiders. But, I mean, there's just always something happening here. Um, we talk, we've talked before about tight scripts and, you know, every scene having, you know, relevance and, you know, forwarding the plot. Here's another perfect example of it. There. <laughs> And you right away you're introduced. You know this is going to be good fun. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where 
he's going to go switch the bags, you know, the idol, the sand with the, to, yep. the, from the, to the idol. And he goes, wait here, Speedo. And he, he, he pulls down he, the torch and he, the dart comes out. Yeah. And he goes, you stay here. And Speedo goes, yeah, no problem. Yes, that's right. <laughs> if, you, if you insist, then they... Goes, yeah, if you, yeah, if you insist, no problem. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I kind of... You know, for a, for a small part, he gets pretty pretty big belling uh, for Molina. I noticed that, but it is it is a good part. Mm-hmm. And whether you know there are no small parts, what is it? There, there's only good roles, something like I that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And when you think about it, everyone knows this part. Everyone this remembers him. This is the introduction to one of the biggest movie icon movie characters of all time. Yeah, and even though. He betrays Indy, and then he gets it through the you know the the lights and the gate coming in yes, and crushing yep. his body, which is quite great great effect. I was just about to say that I actually miss kids' films that had loads of gore and horror in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like we I had mean, back in the day. What I love about Spielberg, this movie's pretty violent, mm-hmm. and the great thing about Spielberg, even talking about Poltergeist, even though it's Tobey Hooper, I still back up Tobey on that one, but it's obviously Spielberg uh, yeah. production. He gets away with pushing the envelope a bit, and we'll talk about that with Temple of Doom. Good on him. And yeah, no, no, he didn't sell out. He just said, guys, it's, you know, hey, this is an adventure film. You know, it's not. Did you see he was... came out recently and spoke about you know the way about ten or so years ago he um, edited ET instead of the sort of government agents having guns in their hands, waving them at kids, um, they they changed it with CGI to walkie-talkies. He spoke out recently saying he regretted that and he should never have done it. Because it's not real. Yes, but also because it's of the time as well type thing. You know what I mean? It is a work of art of that time and that is reflected in it and he shouldn't have went back and changed it. Changed it. Uh, yeah, 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 you're talking about, uh, fucking cancel culture. Yes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's Well, no, no, not, not now, I mean, he did it back then, which he shouldn't have, he should have just stuck with what... Yes, yes, I know, but it, to, yeah. to be fair to him, he basically, he, there's a level of humility there, we being humble, he's saying, yeah, I, I made a mistake there, I shouldn't have re-edited that, because it is a product of the time, and, you know, like, the past should not be viewed from a modern-day lens, if you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Cancel culture. Yes. It's, yes. you know, it's ex- that's exactly the way things should be. Leave them alone. Yeah, I agree. If you're, offend- if you're offended by it, move on. Yeah. The movie's done and dusted. You know, if you start editing this shit. Um, you can't rewrite the past. Jesus Christ. If you touch Raiders of Lost Ark, I fucking hate shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the reason why I buy my movies. Yeah. I have Raiders in 4K because I, I can't stand commercials. I can't stand editing a film of any kind. I can't stand it, and it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah, totally. And you people out there who are, are buying your films on streaming sites, you don't own the films. I want to tell you guys a story. You don't own... We're going way off. Oh, because of fuck. It's Raiders. <laughs> we know this is going to be a long one. Yes. So you, when you buy a film on Apple Apple TV... Okay, we'll say Apple because this is where this happened to me. I own about 1,000 films on Apple. You don't own the film. You're just leasing it. Yep. So if Paramount decides to sell the rights to, say, Raiders to Fox, you could lose that all those Paramount films because now Fox owns them. 
They'll rebrand it as Fox, and you might have to go buy the Fox version. But, but if you have physical media, which I'm always a big supporter of and always will yep. be, then yes. nobody's taking that away from you. Like a DVD, oh. a video, a book. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. And the quality of a software is th- is 300 times better than streaming, mm-hmm. and that's fact. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a editing. Because of what you just talked about, uh, we both just talked about cancel culture and all yes, like that. Yes, yeah. Censorship. I've got TV shows like The American Office, and now because I bought it on Apple, they've edited out certain parts of the program to reflect today's society. Uh, uh, censorship, as you know, Karen, um, that that is just a pure form of censorship. It's also um, which I've which I've always been opposed to and always will be opposed to. But also, it's actually um, treating audi- the audience like children or idiots. Yeah. And it's, it's insulting. So bad. It's actually insulting. So when I found that out, when I lost a couple films, mm-hmm. and Fox and Apple told me this. This is this is what they told me, and they edited my stuff. I said that's it. I stopped, and now I buy my stuff. Good on you. Yeah, I was. I've always been a big supporter of physical media. It's not only that. There, you can't put a, a download, a stream in your fucking shelf and it doesn't look cool in your shelf because you can't do that it's impossible I like looking at a shelf with cool DVDs and books and stuff on it they're collector's items and that's my thing well yeah we're on the same page there yeah okay so let's get back to Raiders <laughs> so uh, yeah is this a bit Raiders <laughs> yeah. alright so we're introduced to Belloc Belloc's a cheat so what Belloc does is he writes the coach tales off indie yeah he doesn't really know all, as much. He's a smart guy, of course, but Indy's the go-to. He's more crafty. Yeah, so yeah. Belloc will always let Indy do all the work and then take what's his yeah, or take him. what's not yeah. his. And he, you, you'll, you'll see it when we see Marion again with uh, Tote. So, yeah, so he's being chased by natives. And when, that, when he swings um, to get to the plane... It's just the theme kicks in. It's just you get goosebumps, Um, and it's just like, yeah, there we are. We're back in. We're back in the old eighties again. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's it. I'm back in my childhood. I'm having amazing fun watching a one of the best films ever made. It's just pure entertainment. This is what filmmaking and movies should be, in my opinion. Ultimately, ultimately about like you said. You know what I mean. This made you fall in love with cinema. Um, this is what it's all about. You know what I mean? Pure escapism, pure fun. Love it. And you, you saw, obviously, you know who the plane pilot was. Oh, that was... Um, Frank Marshall. Yes, Frank Marshall. Yeah. Um, I love when you find snakes. I hate snakes. Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. But again, again, that works um, in the context of setting up later on. Because don't forget, yes. this is the first Jones film. So that yeah. sets up later on his fear of snakes when he gets thrown in the pit. <laughs> Have a little backbone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. great line. card. <laughs> um, yeah. Now the whole and pe- people are gonna laugh when I'm about to say here, but <laughs> so we're we're reintroduced to Indy as the teacher. Yes. Now as a teacher, he's got the glasses on. He's got his bow tie on, and he's kind of misspelling words or forgetting some of the words as he's teaching yeah. to the students, and he's. He's he's bumbling, yeah, because he's got all these maps and he's got all these books. He's kind of like a bumbling professor. Mm-hmm. And I thought about this, and people are gonna laugh, but I'm gonna I, I'm sticking to my guns. 
Indiana Jones is kind of like Clark Kent, like Superman. He's kind of like a superhero. No, that, that, that makes sense. Where he's got his professor clumsiness, bumbling kind of professor. Um, but once he takes off the glasses and puts on the Pandora, he's all he's, he's, indie. he's, he's indie. Yeah. But, but, but whenever he's in the classroom, he's Dr. Jones. He's Professor Jones. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of noticed that a bit. Can I say as well? Yeah. And um, you know, you know, you made a Doctor Who reference earlier. I'm gonna make one now, and it's a serious. No, no, no. no. It's a serious one and a genuine oh, one. Um, did you I hate know my that, life? Um, I hate my life. Right? Did you know that Matt Smith's eleventh Doctor, um, including the character and his outfit, the bow tie and the tweed jacket, was heavily influenced by Indiana Jones. I just want to. You just ruined my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> now I'm gonna see fucking Dweeb Matt Smith. <laughs> so there you go. What works for Raiders of Lost Ark doesn't doesn't treat his audience dumb. Yeah, it treats his audience with respect. Yeah, yeah so 100%. the whole the whole discussion with the two men who come in and they talk about the plans of this Ark of the Covenant and, and the Staff of Ra. Yeah. So the you don't have to be an archaeologist, and it doesn't use huge. I'm not sound like we're idiots, but but at the same time, it doesn't oversimplify either, and it makes it yes. interesting. I actually find these scenes actually quite just the way they're telling the story about the power of God coming down and you know destroying them all. It's actually quite creepy and it's almost like horror story. You know, just it's written by um you know written and directed and made essentially by uh, some of the greats at the top of their game. It is, and and uh, it's it just, and you're right, spot on, because even the dialogue scenes, because we all want to see Indy jumping off stuff, and mm-hmm. we want to see this, but I didn't mind, because usually when you're watching an action film, and it's quiet time, you want to go get some popcorn, yeah. you want to do this, but with this quiet time role scenes, sometimes they're just as intense as the action. And they're really mysterious, and there's that sort of mystique pulling you in, really interesting. You know? Yeah, because when they were, were talking about the Ark and the Covenant, and they're saying, "What's that light? I don't know, light of God, anger, whatever, yes. lightning, whatever." He goes, "It's almost like they're telling a ghost story." Absolutely. Yep. Um, like a campfire mm-hmm. tale, and it's just it, it's a it's a it's a wonderful setup. And John Williams' score obviously is used to great effect here. I'm not talking about the main yes. theme, you know, just you know other parts of the theme. He's got that eerie little sound yeah. he puts in when there's these kind of these. The sound when it comes to any kind of dialogue that becomes a when the conversations turns into more of a phenomenon or like not a phenomenon, yeah, but more of a. Uh, it also adds greatly to the. Sorry, go ahead. No, it, when it comes to more of a spiritual tone or an eerie or an eerie tone yeah. to it, and it also and, sets up greatly what's to come and adds greatly to the tension. You know that this is what they're going searching for is forbidden you know what i mean almost lovecraftian you know what i mean these old books and stuff you know and they're uh, you know they should not really be doing this this is this is they're going too far they're stepping too far they're trying to basically um get inside basically a walkie-talkie a receiver to speak to god you know and yeah it's great um there's the line that belloc says about what you just said where he says we look for history I think he said something like, we look for history. Indy, this is yep. history. Yeah. I think something like that. I think he says that in the bar and Carol. A great setup to where we are now, which is Nepal. Yes. Now, who is Abner? He's Indy's old partner, correct? Yes. And Marion is Abner's 
daughter. Yes, that's correct. And Indy and Abner fell out because Indy had an, a relationship basically with his daughter. Let's talk about the uh, that relationship. <laughs> that awkwardness? Yeah. 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 How old was she? It's mean, never explicitly stated. Because he goes, I was a child. I was in love. And I'm like, uh, yeah. okay, Indiana, what's going Harrison on here, Ford in another weird scene after, you know, Blade Runner, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, I wasn't, you know, it's basically, you know, it's left open for interpretation. That I, I think it's harmless enough. I, I don't yeah. think she meant. I, and he was young too. Right? Yeah. Oh, I wink, think wink. maybe it was, maybe she could have been about 16, 17 or so. I don't know, I'm guessing. And he was maybe um, 20. 50. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, again, yeah, it is a bit jarring. Slightly jarring. <laughs> you know, nothing. All right. Yeah. It's harmless enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think um, in hindsight, the, the may have written that scene just slightly differently just to clear a few things up but yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's, been, it's been digging more holes to get the ark of the don't forget it yeah no no yes i won't yeah. go there yeah this is the answer it's a bigger hole than he dug to get the no ark. no no don't let's just move on uh i do like the introduction of marion which is playing the drinking game it's a very fun yeah. scene well it sets her you know, up as sassy and badass too that's exactly what i was about to say it's it's just a little one minute scene that sets her up as no one's going to fuck with this girl. Yeah. Whereas modern films will hit you over the head with things like, oh, this is a strong female character and they'll take the entire film and they'll have other characters other characters even tell the audience because they believe that audiences today are so stupid and it's just so insulting. Whereas here in one scene with basically um, this setup, they just do it. It's all just in the bag. You know what I mean? It's because you've got professional filmmakers doing it and writing it. Well, let's piggyback on the professional filmmakers part. Um, another shout out to the choreography and the fight scenes. Whoever handled yes. all this is was is incredible. You know, it's it's always perfectly staged. It's always perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. So when um, one guy's coming, in, he ducks Mary and punches the guy in the face, gets out of the way. He the swordsman stabs the other guy, and it's just. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's tit for tat, tit for tat. It's perfect, perfect timing. And there's also what I love about the the fight scenes overall. There's always an element of comedy and humor in there as well. You well, know? it's got a very Keystone Cop, yeah, and or Low and Hardy, the old those old thirties comedies, slightly slapstick. Yeah, slapstick. And if you listen to the music, we talked about how John Williams mm-hmm. through through this film, whether we're talking something eerie, it'll have a little eerie score. But when you listen to the fight scenes, it's got this little flute. Mm-hmm. Playing along with it, mm-hmm. and it you know because you're having fun with it. Yeah, it's not it's not and like the, I don't know the later Rambo films or even the most recent Rambo film where it's just you know <laughs> it's basically <laughs> hardcore you know violent porn you know um, the 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 fight scene though is piggyback is violent and when there's a great shot where he's <laughs> he sets he pours whiskey on a guy he sets him on fire. Mm-hmm. And then he gets his head shot right in the face, and you see the blood coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, they don't hold back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the classic when Tote burns his hand. In the, oh, in the, I love that. Grabbing the medallion. I, I love Tote. And um, he's, just, he's just such a brilliant villain. And whenever uh, I, I, one of the old, my old workplaces, um, um, factory, uh, Bombardier Shorts, um, we used to work with a guy who looked like him. And we used, whenever he walked past us, me and the mate would do that, you know, the, hey, Hitler, you know, with the, the coin, you know, burnt yeah. <laughs> You know, just the sort of wind him up type thing. Uh, but 
brilliant villain and just one of the most memorable screen villains that I've certainly seen anyway. When they head when they head to Cairo, yes, and we another fight scene um, in Cairo again, beautifully choreographed, just timing spot on, mm-hmm. good good fun. You have a smile on your face while watching it. Nobody would get offended by this. No, um, there's a famous swordsman scene. Oh, brilliant! Now that was improv. Yes, and there, there's now Harrison Ford tell the truth. He says we were drunk, we were hungover. Right. But they said food poisoning, I think. Yes, I remember but hearing the, that, reading that somewhere. But the story is, for weeks they've been practicing the swords fight scene with this poor bastard, this badass swordsman. Yeah. And he's been training with... And Harrison Ford did most of his own stunts, mm-hmm. um, besides the obvious ones. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they're all ready to film the scene, and they were out the day before, the night before. Now, whether it's food poisoning or hungover... I'm going to go with what Harrison Ford said. And they tried to do the fight scene, and they just couldn't do it. They were all <laughs> fucking sick. So he goes, Harrison Ford, can I just shoot him? And, they, and Spielberg goes, yeah, just do it. And that's the outcome of this. And it's one of the best scenes in the film. I it's fucking very, hilarious. very funny. Yeah. Um, but the poor swordsman was like pissed. Because <laughs> yeah. he went through all this training, and he was yeah. talking about the sword and stuff. Uh, but it's, I still love that scene. Mm-hmm. I still I think oh, it's yeah. so funny. Um, and go back to the slapstick it's around this point that um, there is like a literal bit of slapstick when Marion hits the guy who owns the monkey over the head with the frying pan <laughs> you know? yeah yeah you, you'll get that and and the monkey itself yes well it gets poisoned now once he thinks Marion's dead there's a nice shot I really enjoy where Belloc and him are at the cafe yes Belloc's in Clear view, we see him. Mm-hmm. Clear as day. Indy is to the left of us, close up toward us, but he's blurred out a little bit. A little, you know, a little, 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 little uh, blurred. Mm-hmm. But Bellas clear it is. Bellas talking to him. And as Bellas talking to him, you can, just by the expressions in Harrison Ford's face, he yeah. sells it that he just wants to fucking kill, kill this yep. guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's just. You know, the way he delivers his lines, it's the kind of the first time you see him to the point where I'm going to, you know. Yeah, he's angry. This, he's just lost. This true side of he him. Thinks he just lost Marion. Um, lost Marion. He's, he's hitting the drink and he's depressed and stuff. And then he actually goes for him. Um, but all the Egyptian sort of, you know, henchmen of Belloc, you know, jump up with the guns. And then he's saved by Salah's kids. Um. Oh, that's right. I, I thought... I never got with the gunmen follow out follow out with him and the kids, and they're all laughing with him, and they got their guns. Ha ha! Why don't they just kill him there? Convenient, yeah. It, it is a bit of a, conven- a bit of convenience. Uh, however, it's Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is a guy that jumped out of a fridge or jumped into a fridge to survive a nuclear bomb. I'll, I'll I'll run with it. But yeah, if they were real bad bastards, they wouldn't give a shit about the kids. It seems like Marion. Marion seems to get screwed because her her place burns down. Her, fa- her father dies. Yes. Indy leaves her. Her place burns down. She gets kidnapped. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she seems to have the worst luck it, of it. It all works right for her in the end, though. And, uh, and she gets chucked in with snakes. <laughs> That's right. And Belloc, um, again, come back to what you were saying about him always stealing from Indy. He literally tries to steal his girl from him, too. The, the scene 
where they go to the wise man guy mm-hmm. and he's reading the uh the Staphara, the top yeah, of the Yeah, he's where to go. Yeah. Yeah. And he's looking at it and he's he's telling him where the location is. And the the guy was telling him just wait a minute. And he turns it around. He goes, Blah blah blah, there's more here. And then Sala and Indy and Sank say they're digging in the wrong yep. place. Mm-hmm. It's something about that line I liked. Uh-huh. And then the next scene, you see they're they're uh, obviously they they go and he he looks for the location with the staff hurrah. But my this I I would love to get a poster of this shot, and it is just Indiana Jones and the helpers digging on top of this little hill, mm-hmm. and the sunset. The sun's uh, going down. So you got the orange background and you got the wind. And you see, obviously, the Fendora on the hat. Yeah. It is um, probably the most gorgeous shot in this entire film. Mm-hmm. Um, just love it. But the next shot, well, it's not the next shot. But the the next time we see Belloc and Tote and Dietrich, they're windy, but they're coming up during the sunrise. And they're walking through Cairo as they they see Indy, you know, they see some activity going on over there. Yeah. And that's where they find out where it is. But it's almost mirror image the shot we got of Indy, but instead of a, a sunset, it's a sunrise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes any sense what no, I'm no, saying. No, no, but I mean, and it's all it. obviously intentional. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, these directors and, you know, there's a touch of art about it, you know? So when they open up the... It's just little details, like when they finally uh, they, they they're opening up to get into um, the tomb. Yes, and they get the uh, the serpas to you know get the crowbars and they, the the all the air that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it the feels little details ancient. like that. It feels like yeah, this is you know this has been this hasn't been touched in two thousand years. Exactly to give the audience mm-hmm. how old this really is, and we don't know what's down there. So, and he's, he's like, wait, wait. So I was like, why, why is the floor moving? And he goes, give me, give, give me the torch. He throws it down. And he goes, oh, my God, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? And then Sal, again with the humor, asps, very dangerous. You go first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. But let me ask you this real quick. So, Belloc's hitting on Marion, right? And he's pretty much just a gun for hire for the Nazis. Yeah, he's basically a mercenary. He's right for himself. Yeah. I know he is. But is he a bad guy? Um, I would say he's more of like the dark side of Indiana Jones. He's not like... Okay. Uh, the Nazis would be more the villains, like the, the out-and-out villains, you know, yeah. especially Tolt and stuff. Um, but with with Belloc, I think he's more just... I think he's um, he's basically like the poor man's Indiana Jones. He's inadequate, but he's clever enough to realize this. So he's trying to, therefore, steal everything from Indiana Jones and be Indiana Jones, basically, but without doing the hard work or having the talent. I almost felt... He's a fraud. ...that... I almost felt, though, because I liked the character a bit, that I wish he didn't die. 
I almost wish they kept him on as a nemesis. Like a recurring sort of role? Like a recurring yeah. role, but I didn't think they knew where the franchise yeah, was, well, was that's, going. That's exactly it. And you can't bring him back, you can't bring him back <laughs> after what happened to him. Definitely not. Uh, you know? <laughs> uh, but the, we, got, we got Donovan and stuff in the, you know, in the third one. So, yeah. But he is a, yeah. he's a brilliant villain, you know? Yes, yes, of course. When... Indiana Jones, when Harrison Ford, and he falls in the pit, and the cobra pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't see it anymore because they cleaned it up. There's a, there's, you can see the glass right. between him and the snake. But if you look at his face, it, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> his look at, when he sees the cobra, and he's looking back. He's like wincing. Yeah, he doesn't want to even move because he doesn't. You know, it's it's so wonderfully portrayed. With the, he's got these for Harrison Ford, who's known as this sulky kind of guy. He plays. It's tongue and cheek. The, yeah, he plays tongue and cheek quite well. Yeah, and, and 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 by just just the reactions to his face, he's it, cynical, but it, it's all sort of. And even in real life, it's cynical, but it's all like nudging a wink to the audience. You know, I'm not really a grumpy old man type thing. You know, it's, yeah. it, I'm just having a bit of a laugh. This is all pantomime. You know. So when Salah and India are, are going to lift the ark out of its uh, coffin, mm-hmm. whatever it is, tomb. Yeah. Did you see the engravings? The, the R2D2 and C3PO? Yeah. Now, I read that up on IMBD. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed it like just by yeah, I wouldn't have watched So I watched it. It's clear. You can see it. I started laughing. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. That was a good laugh. One of my favorite scenes, and it's so stupid, is when Tote, when Belloc and Marion are having a <laughs> I know what you're going to say here. And Tote walks in, and he, he's got this weapon. looks like nunchucks. Oh, yeah. And he blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he, it ends up being a coat hanger. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although and, I would say as well, um, Spielberg also came out um, in, oh, I wasn't racing here, over the last 20 years or so anyway, uh, certainly before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I uh, said the reason he didn't cast, well, aside from it being set in the 50s and the Nazis were, you know, you know, killed during World War Two, or you know, defeated during World War Two. He said after directing Schindler's List, he regretted um, portraying the Nazis in you know Last Crusade and also Raiders of the Lost Ark as a bit silly pantomime villains. Um, but I get what he's saying, you know, and obviously, you know, uh, uh, I I don't know. I I didn't mind it because at the end of the day they get their come they're, up and they're he's also at the same time even with the comedic stuff he's also ridiculing the Nazis. Um, you know, um, yeah, they're fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's so I I mean I can understand where he's coming from a personal point of view, especially after making something as so grave and heavy and brutally realistic as Schindler's List. You know, it was literally based on real life. Um, but um, you know, I. He's basically taking the piss out of the Nazis here, and that's fine by me, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when they when they they chuck Marion down the down the hole, yes, and Belloc didn't want that to happen. That's why I was saying I was teetering on. Is he really? He's kind of. A, I don't think he would hurt anybody. Um, I think if he Maybe was I'm really wrong. pushed, but he's not like an out and out killer or anything. Like he's too much of a car to think, you know, and too yeah. sort of self absorbed. I do like the Marion scene when he busts through the wall. Yes. And when I mentioned Poltergeist earlier in the podcast, 
this whole scene with the bodies and the state reminded me of Poltergeist, yeah. what happens yes. with Joe Beth Williams in the pool. Can I just say as well around this time, um, you talk about the little details and stuff. Um, see the the part where Marion's basically hanging on and her heel falls off the shoe and yeah. the snake slithers through it. The whole that's just, oh, you know, yeah. it's just a little detail, but it's like, oh, you know, you know that there's <laughs> a threat below here, you know? And like I said, like I was saying, Marion gets screwed a lot on this thing. And <laughs> to be fair, not she, as bad as Andy. I mean, he gets a complete shit beat out of him. And I know, but like when he burns, when he burns the snake in the in the in the, in the, the Sphinx thing, yes. the statue, and the snake falls on Marion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're banter. Karen Allen and him have really good chemistry. Yes, definitely. And I'm and I'm glad she does come back, and I hope she's back for the last one. Um, so, yeah, like I said, this I hate snakes. I can't stand it, but this scene I couldn't stop watching because I really enjoy it yeah, so much. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And uh, so when they get out of the tomb, now we're in one of my favorite fight scenes, which is this next, this whole next 30 minutes, the car chase and the plane yep. is just, just fun. And that's Pat it's, Roach. Uh, he fights on the plane. So he does. Um, yeah. He became well, Pat, famous. Um, well, well, famous in the UK and the 80s um, as well for his role in Ovidian Pit, which is about a bunch of basically Geordie Newcastle upon Tyne builders um, who are overworking in Germany. It was a, it was like yeah, a sort I'm, of sitcomy type drama thing. No one's gonna no, I don't think anyone's gonna know that. Nope, everyone in the UK. Well, but you were in America at the time, so you won't. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, the funny thing about that you brought him up, Pat Roche, I'm glad he gave him a shout because he deserves it. He's in all three Indiana Jones films. Yes, I know. Yep. He play. He always plays the henchman of some sort. And we'll, we'll introduce him as we go. Is he in two? Yeah. Right. He's the guy who's in Temple of Doom. He's the, the guy who whips the kids. Ah, you don't yes. recognize him, but he's the one who gets his thing stuck. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the, uh, the, the rock crusher. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's him. Right. Uh, yeah, and then he's in the third one. I can't remember, but I'll look that up when we get to it. But it was nice to see him. He he died actually of throat cancer. Yeah, pretty young. And he's such a uh, he was such a big guy physically. I mean, I wouldn't fancy squaring up against him. You know, you know. Well, let's talk about it. again the choreography. So fucking good. Mm-hmm. And what they do is the sound guys now get involved, mm-hmm. and it's the sound of the punches. Mm-hmm. That make them sound probably heavier than they actually are, mm-hmm. and it just it, it blows you back as you hear the sound boom boom. You know, like the you know, and he has like such a true death. Yeah, of course he does. Well, the great thing about the scene, besides him getting chopped with a blade, is it plays like a Final Destination mm-hmm. film. Yes. yes. <laughs> the reason I say that is because she knocks out the pilot. The pilot falls on the controls. The plane starts moving. The <laughs> blades start going. The wing then cuts. The, the tank, so the gas starts leaking. She fires at all the Nazis, causing a fire outbreak. Now that fire is about to be reached by the gas. It goes back to so the he's got to kill. He's got to kill this big ball guy before and get Marion out of there before the gas and the fire meet. It goes back to the slapstick, but it's not over the top slapstick. Like say, Army of Darkness um, was. Well, you know, Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness was. It's just over the top slapstick, and you know it is what it is for that film. But this is more subtly done, and yeah, <laughs> you know, this is basically. It's so fun. It's yep. I. I fucking watch this. Last, it's nice. I. I mean, I almost don't even have to watch this for the podcast. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it, I'm watching it. Yeah. 
and just watching it. Just and I and I cranked the sound up, and it's just. I watched it yesterday afternoon. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful production. This whole thing. I mean, and then you got the horse. Yes, and he he, he goes uh, he goes onto the onto the uh, truck. And takes over the truck, and what fun this whole scene is! Um, and he takes a bullet. He gets shot. He falls in front of the truck. His, you know, he's underneath the truck. I love that tense scene where he's underneath the trunk, uh, uh, or yeah. the truck, sorry, and he's pulling on the spokes, and they're like bending down and stuff. Yeah, just yeah, bring. and they're like bring yeah, and they're like, and then there's Belak going yeah, bring the you know crush between <laughs> our cars, and then he goes underneath. And he's still going. He doesn't know, but the driver doesn't know that. Yeah. So he's about to ram into their car. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but the stunt where he's in, uh, some of the stunt where he's hanging behind the truck with the whip, mm-hmm. that's actually Harrison Ford. I believe it. I mean, he was a young, fit man at the time. Yeah. So when he takes off a shirt in the scene, he's mm-hmm. getting bandaged up. That's all real bruises. Yeah, I believe it. So he, um, when he gets, it's just, and then you have that little motorcycle that comes by, and he's he's, he's got this little smirk on Indy's face. Yeah. He just nudges the, the wheels <laughs> and knocks knocks the fuck off. Yeah. Ah, uh, what a great scene! Takes them all out by hitting the trees. Yeah, that's right. But he has a good fight with the one guy who chucks him out, but he gets back and then chucks him that's out. Right. And he does the same yeah. thing Indy does, but unfortunately, isn't as successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! What I mean. Uh, just I can't and the the great thing about this film especially come up near the ending the blend of practical effects uh, uh, matte painting oh, yeah. to actual landscapes There's actual real car time There's, and effort and talent have, has went into it I mean wow it's just it's it's so much fun. Like when the car yep. goes off the cliff, and you can see that's a mat in the background, but you can see them screaming and their little bodies coming out of the car. <laughs> it's just so. And I would also fun. say as well, um, from generally the the sort of extras and stuff, the stuntmen are fucking brilliant in this. You know. <laughs> oh God, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I've never seen a film where I would stay for the credits just because everybody who touched this film deserves. Oh yeah, deserves the, those stuntmen. I mean. They had balls, you know. <laughs> now the scene where he gets to the boat, the boat, yes, the pirate ship, basically. Yeah, they get to the pirate ship, and he kisses them. You know, so the Salah thing was nice. It was a nice little goodbye. Um, I like the character. I'm glad he certainly does come back, and. <laughs> there's Indiana Jones he goes like uh, he goes he's, take, he's he's like fucking wounded he's in pain he's, he, he just wants everyone to shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah when she hits him with the More mirror and he's screaming yeah. and he's and he goes oh he goes you're not the man you used to be he goes you're not the age you used to be 10 years ago he goes it's not the ears honey it's the mileage yeah. <laughs> that was ad-libbed right right and uh, yeah. but uh just, but it was a nice small little, finally a little breather time for these two to connect. Before the bit. finale. Before the finale. Now, what the fuck is with, this is the one scene, people are like, huh? And it's the submarine. Yes. I don't, how could they not explain this? Yeah, it is a bit of, <clears throat> there's a few cheats in and throughout the Indiana Jones series and it's a bit silly. It's done for sort of effect more than actual factual accuracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. 
like I mean, they could have had a scene in the in the submarine going, "Oh, our thing's down. We can't we can't drop down the water." So okay, so Harrison Ford can take a ride on the submarine. It's just yeah, but, it's silly, but I mean, the sort of getaway. Yeah, I know, but everyone seems to talk about that one scene. Remember, Hazard? There's a director's cut, and Spielberg says there isn't. I I wouldn't. I mean, it's not something I would obsess over, and I'm pedantic, and I like you know nitty gritty. But it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's hitching a backy on a fucking German submarine. You know what I mean? You know, I'll bet. You know, these are you know you know. <laughs> you go, you go with it. Yeah. Um. The scene that I really enjoyed the most, and it's between Belloc and himself, when he takes the bazooka and he puts it toward the Ark, and he says, "Get the, f- give me Marion, or I blow the fucking thing up." And Belloc calls all this bluff. This is the scene where we're talking about we look for history, or whatever it was, the meaning of history. This is history because Belloc knows him, and Belloc knows that there is no way yes. in the world Indiana Jones will destroy such an the most important historical artifact. Yes, and it's it's a great scene between both of these, and that's why I would like to have seen Belloc again, um, but obviously we're not. But it was just a good scene between these two that are both love the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. But. but you know, they're basically was, the same man, although Belloc wouldn't be quite as good as Indy. But basically, they they the same goals in mind. They're basically mirror images of each other, with Belloc being a bit of a darker mirror image. Now, when they open up the Ark, yes, and you have these beautiful spirits, mm-hmm. and Belloc goes, "It's beautiful," <laughs> and then one of the spirits comes toward Belloc, and the beautiful. Uh, sp- ghost or spirit turns into this demon? creature, yeah, demon, and then everything goes to fuck. You know the fucking lasers going through the guys, and the poor cameraman gets it through the eyes. But it also harks back to the painting, the picture that they see in the book at the start that we were talking about. You know, setting things up, the power of God. Yeah, because they had all these beams of lights mm-hmm. coming out, mm-hmm. and that's what that is through the electricity. Yep. And and then we, of course we got the melting and the head exploding. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and those effects still fucking hold up. They're brilliant. So they are, and they're really gory and really horrific for a children's film, especially back then. I fucking loved it, and I still do. <laughs> you know, and not only that, there the bad guys get their comeuppance. You know, Belloc and Tolton. You know, and well, all the Nazis and stuff. It, it's and again, Andy uh, basically uh, outsmarts them just by si- simply saying to Marion, "Close your eyes, look away." Yeah, because he probably took more out of the picture than we did. He probably saw it more than it could. If anything is coming out of this thing, it, it's it'll not. Be, it'll be hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and then it gets locked away forever. The ark, and the funny thing is, we'll we'll see the ark again in the franchise, yes. which is an, another underrated, wonderful setup. In the uh, Crystal Skull, I'd have to rewatch Crystal Skull, but I remember thinking it was just a bit, yeah, it was good. We'll, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll get to it. Um, listen, this is a little longer one, but the Indiana Jones are going to be longer one. Uh, they're worth just it. your real quick final thought on Raiders. I I think it's a terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, this is one of the greatest films. Uh, it works on several levels uh, for me. Aside from it being just a brilliantly produced, acted, directed, written adventure film and a lot of fun and pure escapism, 
it also brings back nostalgia <laughs> um, of you know the glory days of 80 cinema for me you know that we experienced as kids uh no they, they just they hit the nail on the head in every department here great fun pure entertainment and these types of films are now sadly very missing these days and that's sad for future generations in my opinion but as, as a film you know it ticks all the boxes it's brilliant yeah exactly um yeah raiders of lost ark is uh, wonderful acting mm-hmm. wonderful dialogue wonderful characters wonderful blend of stop motion mat practical wonderful score wonderful stunts wonderful sets Wonderful monkey acting. It's got... <laughs> this is a masterpiece in filmmaking. This is a masterpiece all around. Even some flaws can be in a masterpiece. We talked about that with It's a Wonderful yes. Life. But this is a masterpiece. This is... A, nothing will come close to Raiders of Lost Ark in, the, in this genre. It is the... It, I, I can't thank Spielberg, Lucas, Marshall, and the rest of the team for just a film that I enjoyed for 40 years of my life. I continue to enjoy. And I get goosebumps just saying that. Yep. Because it is a joy to watch. And you said it a second ago how we're missing this. Mm-hmm. We're getting it back, guys. And I hope James Mongol, who's a fine, wonderful director, and the rest of the team do the swan song for Indiana Jones justice. And I can't wait and I'm nervous I just want to, I have to admit. I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not getting it going in negative, but I I just want this complete package. Alright? I want all these films in my collection and just with a smile on my face. I don't want to go out on a sour note. But I'm hoping, because the new Indiana Jones is coming out, that they will bring life. Not that it needs it. Everyone loves these films. Bring life to these films again. And maybe it'll be a resurgence so the younger generation can go back and see it. And it's just... Uh, Pure entertainment. It's, it's, in, it's in my top five films of all time. It is a masterpiece. Nothing, nothing will touch Raiders of Lost Ark. Maybe The Last Crusade, but we'll get to that. <laughs> no, fuck off. No, no. But yeah, you're pretty good. It's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Um, I'm looking forward to watching Temple of Doom again. Yes, so am I. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, we can give us a shout or you can follow us. Anything you'd like to do there on Citizen Frame underscore podcast on Instagram and, of course, Facebook. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say here. I am going to uh, maybe go watch Temple of Doom now. Yeah, I might, or, I might watch. I might watch Raiders again. Why not? Uh, Better Hollyoaks. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus fucking Hollyoaks. <laughs> Guys, we're out of here. Take care of yourselves. Have a good one. Later. Later.